Hello everyone, welcome to this critical retrospective discussion today. Now normally I would have a guest with me for this type of podcast, but due to the world situation unfortunately and this coronavirus, you will be hearing mostly my beautiful voice today. I would like to discuss a topic that has begun to develop over the past few years and in my opinion has been on the forefront of student-centered teaching. In the world, there are so many unique and wonderful people out there. Not one person is exactly like the other, and because we live in this world full of so many different people, it also means that not everyone is going to learn the same way. When a student walks into the classroom, they are bringing their own unique abilities. This means that not every student is going to learn through a Khan Academy video of Newton's First Law, And not every student is going to instantly understand the phases of mitosis meiosis on the first class period. If this is true, then why have classrooms historically been uniformed in the lessons they gave, how they gave them, and the attention that each student got during the lesson? This has been known as equality in the classroom. Everyone gets the same amount, they get everything exactly the same. However, as we can see from years of studies, equality doesn't exactly work in the classroom. Each student has different needs and needs different amounts of help and different forms of help. This is known as equitable teaching practices. To describe what the difference between equality and equity is, a writer known as Blair Maine simply says, equality is a level playing field. Well, equity is more for those who need it. This debate between equality and equity in the classroom has been around for many years. Some teachers in the past have argued that everyone should have equal education, but this does not take into account how different students learn, cultural differences in the classroom, and the need for responsive and trauma-informed practices. Plain and simple, equality may look good on paper, but it does not translate into an actual classroom. So why is equity beneficial and what does it look like? Studies have shown that when a teacher takes the time to individually help a student, either on an academic level or just on a personal level, A student's confidence rises and they are willing to engage more in class and overall that relationship you have with your student is built upon. And examples of equity are not ever far away. In fact, I never even had to leave my house to find examples. I went to my siblings, Mandy and Tanner, who are currently seniors in high school. In the fall of 2020, Mandy will be attending Cleveland Institute of Music for oboe performance, and Tanner will be attending Wittenberg University for biology. I asked them about a time that a teacher went above and beyond to help them in some way. So can you tell me about a time a teacher went out of their way to either help you or build a relationship with you, Mandy? So when I was a sophomore in high school, I had this English teacher, Miss Smith. I already kind of knew her because when I was in Girl Scouts in elementary school, her daughter was also one of the Girl Scouts, so I got to know her a little bit. But when I had her as a teacher in high school, on the second day of class, she decided to put my desk right 
right next to hers. I was the only student next to her desk. And I kind of wondered why she did that. I was quiet. I didn't really make any trouble because I always saw they put the troublemakers next to the teachers. And then at the end of the school year awards, I got the English award. And she gave me this notebook, which I still have. And it's this picture of a woman all dressed in black and she's looking over her shoulder and the only light in the picture is a lamppost. And after the awards, Miss Smith came up to congratulate me and said, I am so proud of you, Mandy. You were such a great student. I chose this notebook for you because I saw that you were a very quiet person, but I could see that you have so much inside of you from all your writing and everything. So I thought this cover in the notebook really, really showed who you are. That's a great story. Thank you, Mandy. You're welcome. So Tanner, when was the time you felt a teacher was trying to give you individual help? I'd say probably back when I was in the marching band. I played the electric bass for my first year. I struggled a bit because some of the teachers had a little strict teaching habit, I guess. But the next year, uh, the band director reached out to one of the my elementary school music teacher, Mr. Walkett, and Mr. Walkett was there for band. He came out band camp. A we were two hours away from where he lived, so he drove two hours away and stayed the week and helped me out play electric bass for the week. So he individually took the time to make sure that you were succeeding in electric bass. Yes, he did. And even after marching band, he every so often he'd pop back in and say, "Hey, can you help me understand? Can you help transposing any of the music at all?" Or Mm-hmm. And what did that mean to you? Oh, it's help- very helpful. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Very considerate of him. Yeah. Did you feel like he cared about you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Tanner. Have fun at Wittenberg in the fall. Oh, thank you. Have fun at Miami. Thanks. Even in my own experiences, I have had teachers show me equ- equity. One of the most meaningful examples to me was my English teacher in high school. I really struggled with memorizing vocab, and after a really terrible quiz score, he took the time to ask me about it, and we came up with a plan to how how I can improve my score. We decided that I would start making flashcards to study, and he even let me retake the quiz the following Monday. After that, I never missed a point off of any of his vocab quizzes again, because he took the time to get to know me as a learner and made accommodations for me by letting me retake that one quiz and letting me turn in my flashcards as homework instead of the normal one-page list of words like everyone else did. When I was at Hamilton High School for field, it was clear to me that my host teacher was really trying her best to provide personal help for each of her students. And this looked different for each one of her kids. For one, it was printing out PowerPoints beforehand. For another, it was letting that kid do homework during lunch in her room. For one, it was even having a signal between the two to let the teacher know that this kid was having a really hard day and just needed a few minutes to put her head down. These were all ways that we can see equity in the classroom. And these examples did not take very much time out of my host teacher's teaching time. However, equity may not be this fast or this easy always. This is where I noticed her ability to provide equity to some of her students was beginning to fail. One student in particular needed a lot more help than he was getting. Diego was an English learner in first spell biology, 
However, he hardly ever participated in class and hardly ever turned anything in. Even though my host teacher really tried to provide English help, Diego was still failing. He had an F in the class and was never engaged. Unfortunately, Diego was sent to a credit recovery class that I can only assume meant he was doing busy work to make sure he graduated on time and was no longer the school's problem. So basically, he was not learning. Now, I don't know what Diego was going through outside of the 15 minutes I saw him a day, but during my time at Hamilton High School, what if someone had taken the time to sit down with Diego and read him the instructions on the worksheet or explain the notes using pictures or even just listen to him as he vented about something at home? This could have been the encouragement or the assistance that Diego needed to really reach his potential. Now, one thing we need to understand about equity is that we're not just talking about academic help. We're also talking about showing students understanding and compassion. If you notice a student isn't turning in their homework that week, just ask them about it. Don't make assumptions and give them a zero. If they need more time for homework because something's going on at home, please, please, please show some compassion and understanding. Students are people, and everyone needs some help at some point. But what's important is that we are making the effort to try and build these relationships between the students. Because some students are just not going to ask for help. It's our job to notice that a student is struggling and provide accommodations. Before I end this discussion over the value of equity in the classroom, I also think it's important that we discuss the place equity has in social justice. In a classroom that values social justice, equity means that we are not only providing accommodations for students, but we are also viewing these accommodations in the context of race, gender, ability, sexual orientation, culture, and so on. All these identities come into play in the classroom and deserve representation and understanding. For example, in STEAM classrooms, representation is key. There's a wonderful study in Los Angeles that shows if STEAM classrooms have representation for minorities and provide equitable practices to those students, then the amount of minority students entering STEM majors in college increases drastically. If you want to be a teacher that values social justice, you must, must, must use equity in your classroom. This means that you are welcoming to all identities and try to know your students on a personal basis so that you can provide each of them with the best education they can get. I want to thank you all for listening and trying to use equitable practices in your classrooms. Just remember that if this is new to you, there's a bit of a learning curve. But keep trying and continue to build those relationships with your students. Thank you.